This is the Christmas story according to St. Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's Christmas Eve. It's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer, we smile a little easier, we cheer a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. It's a miracle. It's really a sort of a miracle because it happens every Christmas Eve. That quote comes from the beloved theologian Bill Murray. And from one of my must-watch movies of the Christmas season, Scrooged, in which Murray plays the modern-day Ebenezer Scrooge. It's just one of many interpretations of Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol, which was published way back 175 years ago. And I've probably seen some version of A Christmas Carol at least 100 times in my life. It's the story, as you know, about the travails of Ebenezer Scrooge and his Christmas Eve close encounters with the three ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, and his subsequent change of heart. And what I had forgotten about that story, what I remembered in watching it again this week, was that Scrooge was actually visited by four ghosts, for he was also visited by the ghost of his old business partner, Jacob Marley, who announced to him that the other ghosts would be coming. And what you don't get in the made-for-TV version, but you do get in the book, is how Dickens sets up this visit from Marley at the very beginning, and it begins in an unusual way. It begins, Marley was dead. 
He says, there is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, and the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew that he was dead. Of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he were partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole assign, his sole friend, his sole mourner. And he continues, the mention of Marley's funeral brings me back to the point I started from. There is no doubt that Marley was dead. But this must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come from the story I am going to relate. This must be understood, or nothing wonderful can come from the story I am going to relate. This, by the way, is decidedly not how Hallmark Christmas movies begin. With this elaborate setup, there could be no doubt indeed that Jacob Marley was what? Dead. And this absolutely has to be the case. Otherwise, he could not have appeared to Scrooge as a true ghost, and Dickens' entire wonderful story would be lost. And the Christmas story, according to St. Luke, begins with the birth of Jesus in much the same way. It is as if Luke is saying to us tonight, it must be understood that all the world was in darkness, or nothing wonderful can come from the story that I am about to tell. And that's how this story begins, with darkness on a dark night in Bethlehem. That darkness comes in the form of a census ordered by Emperor Augustus, who himself was hailed as the Son of God. The census drove Joseph and a very pregnant Mary from their home in Nazareth to Bethlehem, a demanding week-long 90-mile journey over winding roads and hilly terrain. When they arrived in Bethlehem, they found more darkness still. There was no room for them in the inn, just a stable. Luke says everything was in darkness. And he tells us that this must be understood or nothing wonderful can come from the story he will tell us. And what a wonderful story and what a wonderful thing happened on this night, that into the scene of deep darkness the Word became flesh, and the true light which enlightens the world, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, was born. We come to the manger tonight like so many shepherds and magi, because we need to hear a word of hope and know that the light still shines in our broken world. We come tonight because we need to hear how the light still shines in the dark and difficult places in our lives. We come because we need to remember that God's peace, hope, and love are stronger than all the terrors of this world. We come to hear tonight that into Scrooge's humbugs of angry, lonely pain, into a Roman-occupied first-century Palestine where Jesus was born, into the dark places in our world, into our losses and frailties and fears and failures, a child is born. And this child, this Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph, is pure love and pure light. For God saw that the world was languishing in darkness, and God's heart broke, and God, the great gift giver, sends his Son to be born and to heal, to teach and to lead, to live and to die and to rise again in order to raise us up too. The Christmas story tells us of the unconditional love of God, offered without reservation or regard for what we have or have not done. 
It is a love without borders and limits, a love that tells us again that we are chosen and that we are cherished. This story, which is our story, tells us that the world doesn't have to be made perfect before it is made new. The world doesn't have to be rid of sinners before we are liberated from the power of sin. The world doesn't need to be rid of the darkness before we can walk in the light. It tells us that everything is sacred, that everything belongs. It tells us that there is no place too dark or too lost or too forsaken, not even death, for that light of love to shine. And this is the light that we walk in. This is the hope that sustains us, the peace that keeps us centered amidst all of life's turmoil and the joy that makes life worth living. Because God has set us free. Once we were lost, but now we are found. Once we dwelt in darkness, but now we live in the light. We are here because love, God's love, has conquered all things and hope endures because we know that the birth of Jesus means our rebirth too. Henry Nouwen, who is an actual theologian, once wrote that our lives are full of suffering, pain, disillusions, losses, and grief. But they are also marked by visions of the coming of the Son of Man, like lightning striking in the east and flashing far into the west. These are moments in which we see clearly, hear loudly, and feel deeply that God is with us on the journey and makes us shine as a light into the darkness. But first, it must be understood, on this eve of Christmas, this night before the world begins again, that Jacob Marley was dead. It must be understood that Bethlehem and the world lay in deep darkness, for nothing wonderful and how incredibly wonderful will come from this story. And so tonight, the light of the angels tears open the vast expanse of the dark night sky above the shepherds and announces good news. A star over Bethlehem shines brighter than it ever has before, and a light glows in a Bethlehem stable. And in a short while on Christmas morning, the dawn shall break with a light that radiates God's grace and love to the world to you and to me. For Jesus the Savior is born. Amen.